Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Owen the Saints. I'm your host, Patrick Serlis. With me is just one person this week. It's Jack Serlis. Jack, how are you doing? I'm all right, mate. Need a, need a lie down after that game. <laughs> what a topsy-turvy game at Villa Park. We are chatting about it uh, about 30 minutes after the final whistle. Saints uh, running out 4-3 winners. We were 4-0 up at one point. A couple of late goals got Villa back into it. Uh, loads to discuss from the match, including the performance, James Ward-Prowse, um, our defence. And then lastly, obviously... Injuries. Mm. Unfortunately, injuries um, to Jan Bednarak, Ryan Bertrand, and most concerning of all, Danny Ings, the one player that we could not afford really uh, for to get injured. It looks pretty bad. We'll come on to it and discuss it uh, towards the end of the podcast. But to start, let's start positive. Unbeaten in five matches. Amazing. We've gone up to third in the table albeit probably temporarily, considering the start to the season that we had, to go unbeaten in five, to win at Villa Park. We do play well at Villa Park, um, but we were falling up at one point. What did you make of that display, Jack? I mean, I just, when I see the team sheet at Southampton now and I see that starting 11 when, when we've got everyone fit, I'm just very confident that we're going to score goals and get chances. Adams and Ings up front. Armstrong, as we've said before, is so crucial in that team. War Prowse, what a performance today. Those two free kicks. I mean, there is not a better set-piece taker in the league. Just 100% agree. You can keep Trent. It's, it's, War Prowse is the number one set-piece taker in the Premier League. It's stupid. We get those free kicks on the edge of the box and I'm thinking it's either going to hit the bar, Keeb's going to make a great save or it's going to go in. He's never doesn't waste any opportunities. And for me, he was man of the match today getting those two goals and on his birthday as well. Huge day yeah. for him. But... Yeah, that first 45 minutes, so I'd say 60 minutes, um, was just brilliant. Watching Southampton play like that, a lot of my mates are texting me saying, what is this team? What's happened to this team that we saw get smashed against Spurs? Um, yeah, just exciting. Really enjoy watching Southampton at the moment. I think there's positive performances all over the pitch. Definitely. I mean, to, on the team news, uh, Redmond dropped to the bench and Walcott came back in after missing the game against his parent club last weekend. Um, what did you make of his performance? And obviously Armstrong was starting as well with Ings and Adams up front. We kind of picked up from where we left off against Everton, really, didn't we? We, we had the goal disallowed inside the first three minutes, I think. Mm. Um, Adams in an offside position. Very strange. I don't know whether my eyes are just going, but the lines <laughs> looked very, very dodgy on that VAR. I think he was offside, but they gave him offside by like a significant distance when it looked much closer. Yeah, absolute shambles. The way they do those lines is just, it is embarrassing. Um, on Walcott, I thought it was good. I think bringing him in um, from Everton just gives us that bit of depth that we desperately needed. And Redmond's not been on his, I think his confidence has taken a bit of a hit this season. So he does he does have great link up on the left-hand side with Bertram. But just to have that other option, especially with Musa Gineppo struggling with fitness, we need that other option. He provides that experience. Um, anyway, he wasn't a standout performer today, but very, very solid. I give him a seven out of ten. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Redmond... he hit the bar, didn't he? He hit the bar. Um, after, just after we had the goal disallowed, we were on top for the first ten minutes or so, and and Walcott had that chance that was a bit of a weird one, but it did it did flick off the crossbar. I was yeah, also say... won the free, also won the free kick. I think the first free kick, which was great on the half turn, picking it up in that area. So positive. 
positive. Definitely, definitely a positive performance. I was going to say on Redmond, going to be very interesting to see how he reacts. I think um, because in the past he's always been he's been inconsistent, but he's always been the sort of player that, if available, he's like he's definitely playing. Yeah. And now we brought in Walcott is offering competition for places. When Gineppo gets back, whenever that may be, competition for places in that position is going to be strong now. Um, now, I don't know if this is unfair or not, but Redmond doesn't necessarily strike me as a sort of person that's, that's going to like... His mentality has been called into question before. So I think this is a big test for him in terms of getting dropped to the bench. How's he going to react? Is he When he gets his chance, because he, he will get an opportunity at some point, mm. is he going to take it? And are we going to see a Redmond that sets up two goals and scores one because that's what he's capable of doing? Or are, are we going to see the Redmond that's kind of pouting a little bit and is anonymous because he's disappointed to no longer be a, like a nailed-on starter? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm not worried about Redmond at all. If we're going to push up the division and we're going to start competing for hopefully a European spot one day, you need to be able to bring in players when your starters aren't playing well. You need to be able to rotate. All the top teams do that. So... He's not playing brilliant at the moment. So to be able to drop him and bring in someone like Theo Walcott is, is positive. And there's no, there's no way that Nathan Redmond can feel aggrieved to be dropped because, like we said, he's not set the world alight this season. Um, I, think he'll, I think he'll be positive. I think when he comes back into the team, I don't think we'll have any issues getting performances out of him. Hmm. So then we went one up and it was Yannick Vestergaard. Two goals in his last two away games. He scored the equaliser in stoppage time against Chelsea. And then he pops up here. We take a deserved 1-0 lead. Um, zonal marking from Villa was all over the place. I think it was John McGinn um, at the back post from James Ward-Prowse delivery and a powerful header into the far corner. And we're 1-0 up. Um, a word on Vestergaard, though. Is this the same player that we saw last season? I don't think it is. Honestly, mate, I don't know what has happened to Yannick Vestergaard recently <laughs> because when we first signed him, some of the performances, I honestly thought he'd won a competition getting into our team. Um, but he just seems to be a completely different player. So calm on the ball. Um, just that presence that we need, especially against big strikers like Ollie Watkins, just seems to be dominating them. Last week against Calvert-Lewin, he kept him so quiet. Um, and he's added a couple goals to his game now, hasn't he? And I think... He's six foot six or whatever. We do need to use him, especially because we've got James Ward Prowse that can put it on the money every single time. That ball in was sensational to put it right onto Vestergaard's head. But that bullet header, one of the best headers I've seen this season. Yeah, it was fantastic. Fantastic goal. Um, and yeah, on Vestergaard, like you said, I think it's really key that not only is he, since he came in after the Spurs game, he came in for Stevens. Uh, I think Burnley was our first game. Clean sheet there. Clean sheet against West Brom, clean sheet against Everton. And today, I mean, we were 4 0 up. We'll come on to the goals that we conceded. They scored two right towards the very end, which the 4 3 flat them, I, I feel, definitely. Mm. Um, but he was good again today. Like Watkins didn't have a sniff, as you said. And, and, and now it looks like Vestergaard looks like an 18 million pound defender. Like he really does. He's got that quality on the ball. He can pick a pass, um, which is what we've always said about Stevens. But where Stevens is comfortable on the ball and can pick a pass, we'll come on to him as well because he came on at half, at half time. He's shaky in, in defence. Mm. And, and Bednarak now, and um, Vestergaard now, he is a little bit one-paced, but I don't know what he's done in his game, whether it's coaching from Ralph or he's changed his game slightly, but he doesn't seem to be getting caught out as much. Um, that might just be because we're playing, um, we're not playing particularly pacey strikers, but I, I think Calvert-Lewin's pretty quick. So, 
mm. all credit to him because he's playing fantastically and he deserved his goal. Um, and for me, it was either him or Prowse man of the match. Yeah, I agree with that. I would give it to Ward Prowse. But yeah, Vestergaard just stepped his game up massively. Like you said, he's cut out the silly errors that were just, you know, making him look awful at the start of his Saints career. And um, very interesting to see Bednarak obviously came off injured. Stevens, like you said, came on and wasn't really that good, was he, when he came on? I thought um, he was poor when Stevens came on. I mean, it's tricky to come on at half time. It's not easy to, yeah. to get up to speed with the game. We were 3 0 up, though. I mean, at one stage, we were 4 0 up. And couple of errant passes. At one point, he just passed the ball to Ross Barkley on the edge of the box and gave him a free mm. shot. And it was just like, what on earth are you doing? Mm. So, um, yeah, he had an opportunity today when Bednarak went off to kind of stake his claim for, restake his claim for a place in the starting eleven. And I think, if anything, he went backwards. And, and hopefully Bednarak's not out too long. Salasu, wherever he is, he must be getting closer and closer to, to, to the first team picture. Yeah. The, the outlook for Stevens, I think, isn't particularly good. Um, but then again, I say that, depending on the severity of the injury to Bednarak, we might be starting him against Newcastle on Friday night. It's a possibility. It is a possibility. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to see Salasu sooner rather than later. But I think Ralph did say he's a week or two away. So hopefully next week. Yeah. So 1-0 up, then 2-0. And it's Ward Prowse's first free kick of the first half. Bizarre defending from Matty Cash um, ball I think it was Adams crossed it across and right on the edge of the box handball preventing mm. a Walcott it would have been a tough kind of first touch but he was, he was through on goal basically um, he was one and one of the keeper so Cash throws his hand up handballs it and you get a, oh no sorry that was the second that was the second goal wasn't it yeah. that was the second free kick My, yeah it was Walcott on the half turn that set up yeah. the, um, the initial free kick but as you said when you get into that position is for me, is Ward Prowse, it's either a goal or you're massively disappointed. That's the level he's got to um, from set pieces because you just know his ability. And, and he seems, if possible, to be getting better and better from free kicks as well. <laughs> he does. He does. I mean, what are the stats that are coming out today? I think that's seven seven direct free kick goals for Southampton now, which is equal to the record. Of, eight, or is actually, it eight? Eight, 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 yeah. So he's broken the Matlatis' record. Broken Mattis's record, but I think he, like I think I agree with you. He is getting better and better. A few of the ones last season, I think he did score one against Watford away that's stood in my mind when he pinged it top corner. But mm-hmm. today, honestly, people joke about it like it's a penalty for Southampton, but it, it honestly is that kind of chance. You just see him trot over to the ball when we get a free kick on the edge of the box and you know it's mm-hmm. going to be dangerous. Yeah, it's such a great asset to have in the team. On the second one, so that was the cash handball. It was right on the edge of the area. Could have, like, close to being a penalty, but it was just outside the box. Not mm. an easy free kick. I mean, the first one was amazing, stunning. It was like 20, 25, 26, 27 yards out. Perfect shape on it. Martinez at full stretch and can get nowhere near it. The second one was like 19 yards out. Very difficult to get it over the wall and down. But he just picked it, picked out the side of the like side netting, basically, kept it mm. low but just above the wall. His his ability to score from different areas around the box is just is just incredible. Yeah, he did, did actually get asked after the game which one of his free kicks was his favourite, um, mm. and he chose the one from closer range because he he said it's a bit harder. And I obviously agree with him to get that up and over the wall mm-hmm. from the edge of the box. That is some technique. I think the wall should have jumped. They probably were scared he's going to put it under the wall, but they've got to be jumping there. Um, yeah, sensational stuff. Yeah, I mean, Hassan who was asked after the game, is there, a, is there anyone better 
free kick taker in the Premier League and he says he doesn't think so and uh, I mean the only person if you, you could say really would be Trent Alexander-Arnold at Liverpool but I mean mm. I take I take James Will prize every day of the week mm. half time came around Benarak clash of a uh, clash going for a header with Ollie Watkins um, landed awkwardly didn't he finished the half but then didn't come out for the second half and Jack Stevens came on yeah I, I think it Obviously, speculation. No one will know until there's a after the game we hear from the club. But it looked like a neck injury to me because there wasn't that much contact in the air that looked like it would injure him. But the way he landed potentially could have jarred his neck. He obviously carried on playing, but I think at halftime they thought, "What's the point in risking getting it worse when we've got Jack Stevens that can come in?" Um, so yeah, it's a shame to see him go off injured. But I think centre-back is one of the positions on the pitch that we do have a lot of depth. So I'm not, not too worried about Stevens or Salisu coming in for him. Villa obviously went in 3-0 down and they, they couldn't have played. I mean, we, we were fantastic, but they were poor in the first half. They came out mm. and started better. Dean Smith obviously had words with them. And they had a few chances. McCarthy made a couple of saves. But then all of a sudden we go up the other end and it's 4-0 and it's Danny Ings. Mm. Um, tweeted about it again it's his trademark trademark area over the pitch that inside left channel um, around the edge of the area and then just right foot picking out the opposite corner um, this was one of his one of his best ones from from kind of that that position because he picked out the top corner Martinez again at full stretch but nothing he could do we scored four absolutely fantastic goals today um, and I saw on Twitter a few people tweeting the expected goals tally Villa I think close to three and we had less than one well it's just we scored you can't account for a James Ward Prowse free kick we scored two of them um, and then Danny Ings picking out the top corner from 20 yards um, mm. 4-0 up and cruising at that point yeah on that Ings goal you hit the nail on the head it's, it is his trademark and when the ball comes out to him I think Stuart Armstrong did brilliantly well to get it out to him um, but he shifts it onto that right foot and you, you almost know that he's going to get hit the target oh, yeah. every single time he'll hit the target he must just do that in training every single week pick it up on the left shift it into his right foot and bend it past keeper but like you said I think that was his, his best one he scored a couple last season against Watford um, similar but to pick out the top corner in, off the underside of the crossbar there's an image of Ryan Bertram picking him up after the goal which just he is the king. He really is the king. And I he think is. all the players, all the players absolutely love him. I'm just praying. I'm going to be praying tonight that that scan comes yeah. back with some positive news. We want positive news for sure. A stat though, since the start of last season, only Vardy has scored more Premier League goals than Ings. Vardy has 29 since the start of last season. Um, Ings has 27 now. No player has scored more from outside the box and Danny Ings since the last, since the start of last season he's got five goals from outside the box. So again like we we talk about this image that people have of Danny Ings of being this kind of finisher like clinical um in the box which he absolutely is. But last week we were talking about his two assists and he has that to his game his kind of playmaking ability and he scores goals from outside the box as well. Mm. Um so he's not this kind of 6-yard box um predator. He he's his his game is so well-rounded. Um and and yeah, we want some we want some positive news for sure. Hopefully, I think Ralph said that this scans tomorrow Monday. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. I'll, I'll I'll put a question to you then, Pat. Let's let's say Bertrand Bednarak and Ings are out next week. Mm-hmm. What do you do 
against Newcastle. Can you say your, your replacement to them three? Well, we haven't even discussed Bertrand yet, but yeah, he went off and, and Ralph after the game saying it's a hamstring problem, which to me, that's he's not going to be playing against Newcastle. We then got an international break, which mm. potentially could come at a good time for us with the injuries we picked up today. Um, but if Bertrand is not fit for Newcastle, we're so lacking in options in the fullback positions. Um, Vokins has not even been in the matchday squad. So he's our backup left back. It's difficult to see him coming from outside the matchday squad to all of a sudden starting. Mm. Maybe Walker Peters to left back. And then at right back, you're looking at Jan Valery coming, bringing like back from the dead, Jan Valery. Um, that wouldn't fill me with confidence. The other thing, Ralph today moved Ward Prowse to left back when Bertrand went off. So maybe he'd put Walker Peters at left back and put Ward Prowse at right back, which, which he's played before. Again, that's not ideal though, because he's our captain and he's playing so well in centre midfield. Um, I think if Bertrand misses out, that's the most likely. Uh, mm. I think that's probably what Ralph would be most comfortable with. Walker Peters at left back, Ward Prowse right back. Then if we're going to say that Bednarak is out, I think Stevens comes in for him there. I think that's a bit of a no-brainer. Um, as much as we can say that he didn't play particularly well um, today when he came on at halftime, Stevens still has that experience um, and has that ability to play that right centre-back position with mm. Vestergaard on the left. So I think that is pretty easy for Ralph to do. Up front then, I mean... With knowings, it will be Adams and Long, I imagine. I'd like us to keep the same formation. I think if Vings is out for a long period of time, we might think about, um, Ralph might be forced into thinking about formation change. But I think he's so keen on this 4-2-2-2 that he'll try and make it work. Um, and, and Long's the next man up there, for sure. And Lundalu is on the bench. Um, Obafemi, again. Um, was he in the mm. squad today, Obafemi? Don't think so, no. No, I don't think so either. So he's kind of been on the outside looking in. So striker is an area where we have options, um, but the downgrade from Danny Ings, one of the Premier League top scorers, to Shane Long, who struggles to get on the score sheet, um, is, is massive. So a lot of the burden would then be placed on Che Adams. I'd also potentially say Walcott. Yeah, instead that's of, true. In, instead of Shane Long, I mean, he's... he's He's been playing in those wide midfield roles, but definitely has the potential to fill one of those striker spots. I just, when I watch Southampton with Shane Long in the team, I love the bloke. He's a, he's a Southampton legend, but he doesn't have that goal threat and we're just not the same team. So potentially Walcott and bring Redmond back in. Um, yeah, fingers crossed because it, it, it really would be season changing if he, if he was out for a while. Yes, absolutely. I mean, so we were 4 nil up. And seemingly we should be, we were cruising. Um, but then we concede three goals in the final half an hour. Um, and McCarthy was forced into a number of good saves. They seem to be targeting um, our back post. And, and usually it was across to Bertrand's side. Um, Trezeguet had a couple of headers and a couple of volleys um, that he forced McCarthy into some, some good saves. Massive block at one point from Vestergaard. I think that was on Trezeguet as well. Um, that that at that point looked, in, and it, it was crucial. Um, they were causing us some problems and we just took our, took our foot off the gas, really, didn't we? We did, yeah. The goals were disappointing. In the first one, uh, Ming's header was very poor from Stuart Armstrong. On the edge of the box, he tried to, tried to flick it past the midfielder and 
Um, yeah, just sloppy goals, very sloppy goals. Um, I can't even remember what the second one was. So Mings got the first, second was... Oh, yeah, was the penalty. Oh, it was the penalty, yeah. Second goal was the penalty with Diallo took out. Um, it was Grealish. But they, yeah, that was just disappointing from Diallo. He just didn't see him coming, did he? And swung his leg at it. And the third one, I think, did it take a slight deflection? Because McCarthy seemed to be beating it. his near post very easily there. I'm not sure if it did... I took a deflection I'm not sure I do think that McCarthy was unsighted because Stevens was kind of standing in between yeah Grealish and, and yeah he was in his line of sight so I think he just might have been unsighted but again that was in the 97th minute and yeah gave them made the scoreline appear much closer than, than we really should have let them um, we shouldn't have let them anywhere near us really uh, so that was disappointing mm. from that point of view um, the Diallo one yeah he just trying to make a clearance and Again, it's difficult to come off the bench and make an impact when you're getting used to the Premier League. Um, and that's maybe something to say about Vestergaard as well. He's, he needed a long period of time to, to acclimate to the Premier League, but maybe we're just seeing him now like feeling comfortable and the speed, the speed of the game. And um, we might just re- be reaping the benefits of, of that. And it's, it would have mm. taken him a long time to get there, but um, it's good to see for sure. Diallo, I think, will take a little bit of time because... Um, there were flashes against Chelsea, and again today, like some of his passing up to, to up to Adams was really good, but then in our own box to do that is it, it's pretty poor. So difficult um, game to come into, isn't it? Because it was yeah. it was quick, frenetic game. That was a lot of tackles going in. So to come into that in centre midfield was was difficult. I think we can really assess Diallo when he starts starting games rather than coming on. Yeah, I mean Villa are a very strange team this season. Obviously, they've st- they started so brilliantly. Um, we've now got more points than them. I think we're one point ahead of them, um, which yeah. speaks to how well we've been playing over the last five games or so. But they started the season so well. Obviously, everyone remembers that 7-2 against Liverpool, which is just one of the most craziest scorelines I've ever seen, I think, in Premier League history. Um, but they're, they're so open, Villa. Um, they've conceded seven goals now in their last two home games. You have Grealish and Barkley in the team. You're going to score, but I think you're going to concede a lot as well. If that's, if that's two of your midfielders, they're so forward-thinking that I think that's a lot of pressure on John McGinn and Louise in midfield. And especially in that first half, they were struggling to cope. Yeah, yeah, they were. I think that, that back four, Matt Target has his, has his limitations, doesn't he? I think his Southampton career, I always thought he was... He was quite flat-footed and could get beaten by wingers quite easily. Um, and then the centre-backs, like you said, Mings and Concer, they're decent, but they have their weaknesses. And Matty Cash, I think, didn't have the best game. So I think people got a little bit too excited about Aston Villa going, I think, got four wins in the first four games because mm-hmm. they were never convincing. That Liverpool game was crazy, um, where, where they were brilliant there, but I think they caught Liverpool at the right time. Apart from that, they were scraping past teams like Sheffield United and Fulham. So... Yeah, I can I can see them dropping down the table a little bit and I think their bubble might have burst slightly. Sheffield United played 80 minutes with 10 men against Villa on the, on their first day of the season. Um, they then beat Fulham and Fulham look in big trouble. Um, the, the Liverpool result, it was mental. And then they scored a 92nd minute winner against Leicester. Fantastic result there. But I think the Leeds game, they were completely ripped apart. And then today, 4-0 down at home, um, I think their bubble has burst. You're right. Mm. Um, injuries then. We'll come on to it. Right at the very end, towards the very end of the game, Ings on the left-hand side. It was just such a nothing incident. And was it his studs? Did his studs get 
caught in the ground slightly and his ankle kind of twisted and and then it's his knee obviously his knee is a concern considering his injury history um with acls uh spent so much time on the sidelines at liverpool um we've got fortunate to get a good run of form from good run of fixtures from him he, Touchwood, he hasn't had any serious injury problems with us, but this doesn't look good, does it? It doesn't. Yeah, it looked like his, his left foot got caught underneath him. Um, just his knee went in an awkward position. And uh, just reading the quotes from after the game from, from Hasenhutl, again, we wait for the scan, but Hasenhutl was saying it doesn't look good. He was immediately shouting, my knee, my knee. And obviously, Ralph was right next to it. It was on that left-hand side. So... Yeah, doesn't doesn't paint a good picture. Um, it's obviously he's had problems with his knee before, um, but yeah, just really really disappointing if if he is out for a while and kind of puts a bit of a mark on a what is it a, what we should be talking about getting three points at Villa because that is a sensational result. We're up third of the table, but it just puts a dampener on what what was a brilliant day. I refuse to be too pessimistic at this stage. I mean, we'll wait and see what the scan says. Um, but, I mean, the worst, worst case scenario is he's out for the season. He's, he's done his ACL, which would be just such a disaster for us. Yeah, I don't even really want to think about that. No, <laughs> no, can point. we not? Can we not? Yeah. Um, but he's certainly going to be out, I think, for, I think it's pretty, we can pretty confidently say he'll miss um, the Newcastle game. Um, mm. It would be an absolute miracle if he's avoided any damage whatsoever after the game I saw a few people tweet that he was um, well obviously he came off and he sat on the bench and he was getting treatment and then he kind of limped slash walked down the tunnel um, I saw a few people tweet that his limp had had improved slightly but I mean we can't read in, read anything into that really um, we'll just have to wait and see the results of the scan but safe to say he, he's almost certain to miss a Newcastle game which means um, yeah, Ralph has has some thinking to do about our striker options. Yeah, it's good to see. On a more positive note, Shea's game has improved massively this season. I mean, he was he was playing well last season, but the goals weren't going in. But he's got two goals already this season, so I feel more confident that he could take that burden of being the goal scorer now. If Danny Ings is out for a little while, we do have a striker in Shea Adams that's on a bit of good form. If this happened last season. I'd be very worried, but Shea is is almost a certain starter for us now, isn't he? Last yes. season, he was in and out of the team. Shea is almost a certain starter for us now. So, more confident that he can get a few goals with Walcott alongside him or Shane Long. Okay. I'm just just um, on Twitter and Jacob Tanswell, uh, who's, uh, who's a reporter, I think he was at the game, saying that, He's on his way out of the ground and he's just seen Danny Ings. And the good news is that he's not on crutches. I mean, clutching at straws a little bit, but we want to take, take it. We'll take positives, take the positives. Um, we'll be frantically updating Twitter tomorrow to see. Well, I guess the club might not say, even say tomorrow, but th- over the next week or so to get news. Um, yeah, let's be positive though, because another win, another win after two defeats to open the season. We're now unbeaten in five, up to third. We're absolutely flying. We're playing brilliantly. I mean, we really should have won that game 4-1, I think. Um, so, yeah, should be looking really positively ahead to what is another winnable game on Friday night. Um, Newcastle up next. I think we're going to 
have a very different team. If, if Bertrand, if I was going to say Bertrand, Bednarak, Ings, um, at least two of those three I think are going to be missing, if not all three. So we'll need to make some changes, but that's, a, that's another winnable game for us, isn't it? We should be, we should be targeting three points and that, that would take us up to 16 for the season after eight games. Not bad, not bad. I think we should be targeting three points there. It looks like there's a lot of belief in this team. The players know their roles. The coaching from Ralph is unbelievable how how different we look to you know a while back. We're all over the shop. So it's exciting times, Pat. We're third in the table at the moment. I'm going to be looking at that table a lot tonight and I'll be excited for match of the day. Um, and I think, yeah, like, like I said before, you go to Villa and you score four goals. There's something special happening with this team. For sure. Right, Jack, thank you very much for joining me this week. We will chat again next, uh, next weekend after the Newcastle game. Uh, hopefully, we'll be talking about another win and some good news on the Ing scan. Fingers crossed, mate. Speak Fingers to you next crossed. week. Speak to you next week. Pat, what's going on? Why are we still here? Well, remember when I told you I was first starting this podcast? Yeah. And I said that's because it was moving to the US and I wanted to stay in touch with the Saints community. I wanted to build some great content and I wanted to talk Saints with other Saints fans. Yeah. Well, it was that, but it was also because one day I hoped we would catch the eye of an up-and-coming male grooming brand and they'd offer us free stuff. And guess what? It's happened, hasn't it? It's happened. It's actually happened. Somebody wants to sponsor us. Not just that, they've given us free stuff. That is quality news. What's this company then? Well, you know, our audience is football fans and football fans, not all of them, of course, but the majority of football fans are male. Okay. And the majority of them are between the ages of 18 and 44. Yeah. Oh, that's why we did the beer, right? Do a podcast, get sponsored by a brewery, job done. What's this company then? Grooming. Is that haircuts, beard stuff? What are we talking? We are talking pubes. No, we're not. Surely not. Yes, we are. Manscaped.com want to sponsor us. They are massive in the US. I'm, I'm, I'm in the US. You see their adverts everywhere. They're trying to break into the UK market. And they got in touch with us and were like, would you be interested in trying out our products for free? Now, never shaved downstairs before, but you know what? I thought, why not? They look after your balls, simple as that. So, yeah, I went for it. They sent over their, their kit, the Perfect Package 3.0. And I have to say, used it, game changer. It's like a Japanese sculpture garden down there now. <laughs> well to be honest mate it's 2020 it's been a weird year you've got to try new things and I've also used it I've used the kit they've sent over Lawnmower 3.0 everything that you want precise accurate error free reminds me of Danny Ings in the 18 yard box <laughs> not um, really yeah, was, yeah go on yeah they sent over they sent over a load of stuff a ball toner ball deodorant again for that sensitive area it's soothing gentle smells delightful couldn't recommend it anymore throw in a pair of boxes as well so everyone's a winner there we go. Yeah, ball tone and ball deodorant. Two products I'd never thought, two things I'd never thought I'd say. Um, but you know what? Like you said, 2020, weird year. Try it out. Why not? Um, grooming wise, we, we get haircuts, we trim our beards, we use deodorant, do quite a lot of grooming in the 21st century. It's a logical next step. Um, so, manscaped.com, give it a Google, take a look. Uh, and yeah, if you use promo code OWTS, you get 20% off and free shipping. Um, yeah, from our point of view, highly recommended, right? Definitely. Just to repeat that, OWTS is the promo code, 20% off. You're actually getting a bargain there. 
Absolute bargain. And now manscaped.com in the US, like I said, they're really big and they have these catchy taglines. They try and they like the podcast to say. So things like make your testies their besties, grooming tools for your family jewels is a good one. But I think we can do better than that. We can come up with our own Saints related one. Um, did you want to start? Shave long. Shave long. Yeah, that's good. Um, my personal favorite, clean ings up around your small bone. So I think that's that's going to be our tagline um, for manscaped.com. Cleanings up around your small bone. If you think you can beat that as a tagline, tweet us, OWT, SaintsPod on Twitter. um, And yeah, if you can beat that, fair play to you, because I think that's very, very good. (laughs) And that's the best we could come up with on about half an hour of trying to think of um, witty, pube-related Saints puns. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just to repeat it from the top, 20% off if you go to manscaped.com. Free shipping, uh, use promo code OWTS. Perfect. Three points for Saints and a clean set of pubes. You'd love to see it. Absolutely. All right, mate. Until next week. Nice one, mate. Speak to you then.